Bootcamp episode two. We are live. How exciting is this? I am your host, Tim Camarage, with my co-host as always, Marcin Kazmarski. Marcin, say what's up to everybody. Yo, what's up? Going on? What's going on, everybody? All right, great. And of course, uh, you know, with Bootcamp comes two awesome guests. Uh, so we have Yaz over in New Zealand. Say what's up to everybody, Yaz. How's it going, everyone? And of course, we have Nick, uh, local stateside here. So Nick, say what's up. What's going on, guys? So as always, uh, Bootcamp is a tool for us. It's a mini-series to dive into the football boot aspect of, of football culture, which is really great because it's become a huge piece of, of football culture. So having that opportunity is awesome. Having people who are qualified to talk about this stuff is even greater. I mean, I the enthusiasm's loud in my voice. It's actually pretty early here. It's pretty late where Yaz is. And and uh, we couldn't be more fortunate to have this going. So I want to dive straight into part one. And part one is intros. And we'll have Yaz go first here. So Yaz, you have a, a really uh, solid media presence, I'll say, uh, when it comes to you know, football culture in general. So why don't you let us know, you know where you're at in YouTube, where you're at on Instagram, where people could give you a follow, check out your page, and uh, you know what you got going on there. Cool. So basically, um, we started uh, with YouTube. Uh, our channel is called YJ Football. So it started with me and one of my best friends, Yaz and Jono, which is what the Y and J stand for. A lot of people don't know this, but basically he's the one that's really good at playing and really good with the drills, tutorials. So he does that portion and I'm the boot nerd. So it gives me an excuse to buy more boots and started with that. And we just kind of started together to make different kind of videos. And the YouTube kind of being on YouTube means that we have to be present on all social media platforms as well. And with Instagram having most of the eyeballs these days, we really had to step it up. And um, we've been on Instagram and doing the whole YouTube thing for about two years now. Wow. And the audience has grown quite a bit over the time. YouTube's a bit slower, but luckily we popped off on Instagram and that's still going for us. So that's kind of the short of it. So, yeah, we're I mean pretty happy to be doing it. Look, you're an esteemed guest here. If you want to give the long of it, we're always here for the long of it. I just, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, I just, we're listening to you, Yaz. <laughs> we're, we're always here for it. So, uh, you know, and in considering that, uh, what, you know, this clearly started as something fun for you to do with your best friend. Right. Where do you see this going long term? You know, what's what's the idea behind continuing to put, you put a lot of effort in. You're always posting. You're always coming up with great content. Where do you see yourself going with this? Um, that's a big question. Um, when we first started, it was basically at the end of university. We both finished university at the same time. We've been in the same place as high school, and we just thought, I always liked making videos, and I wanted to start a YouTube channel about something, but football boots was <laughs> was eventually the thing. I'm not. I'm sure you guys aren't surprised, but um, I always followed Unisport, SR4U, and I kind of wanted to see what I could do in that space. And honestly, with the first upload, I was not very optimistic when it didn't get many likes many views apart from close friends and family and then a while later i just checked and it got 300 views on my first video and i thought okay yeah let's see how it goes and <laughs> here we are so i'm learning a lot on the way and um yeah just um, just trying to keep up with it. what what the eventual goal i guess would be 
is to try and, like I said, I watch the big channel SR for you, and I love how they have a massive audience. Whatever they put out, they're gonna have people watch it, and they're gonna, um, they're probably gonna have, they're probably gonna have a group just like you guys that they engage with regularly. And we've seen Josh and J Mike collab a lot. Like Josh went all the way to Denmark to collab with J Mike, and I'd love to do something like that just um, within the community and just be a presence in terms of football boots, which is a passion that we we all have. So that's the eventual goal. It would be nice to accomplish that one day. And so yeah, so it's so it's it's a little bit of travel, it's a little bit of notoriety, get in there <laughs> yeah. and uh, and get it going. I, I gotta exactly. tell you, your goals are are more. You have a lot more lofty ambitions than you know. James just kind of <laughs> wanted to do part time, like he, he came on the show last, and and you know, so that was fun. But uh, you know, I have to ask the cheesy question that we asked in the last last episode: What does football mean to you? I guess football is. Um major passion of mine uh, I actually started football quite late it was I think um, 2008 when I first started football and it was because um, I'm from the Maldives if you guys don't know where that is <laughs> if you know oh, you know okay. small, small country yeah. um, I've, been, I've traveled a lot but back then I was on holiday in the Maldives and our national team was actually in the finals for the South Asian Football Cup and they were playing our neighbors India and I didn't really follow the teams much. I was just there for the hype and everyone's really excited. We hadn't made it to a final in a long time. And just being in that stadium with the atmosphere, with a massive crowd of people that want the team to win. And we actually won that one. And just the celebrations and just the, you, like, you know, you know how it is. It's just, that changed me. And the football just became like number one for me. And since then, I've been, I've been crazy about it, getting as much of it as I can. So in a way, football is kind of like a lifestyle and it's like a, passion that you can share with a lot of people which is probably my favorite part yeah i mean community seems to be the the common theme when people talk about football like it's it's yeah, more fun. than it's more than a game for everybody it's it's just kind Definitely. of a family uh you Definitely. know so uh going forward uh you know we got to talk about i've never been to new zealand and uh, <laughs> i'm always curious what's going on in other parts of the world so you know anything cool going on in new zealand or anything you know what do you like about new zealand what's going on there? <laughs> Well, um, since we've been here, I've traveled a lot, a lot of road trips, a lot of farms, a lot of cows that you've seen, nice. a lot of hills. Nice. So it's basically yeah. a very postcard country, like everything you can imagine, just rolling hills, green, the sea. It's really nice, very picturesque. And the people here are really nice, too. I've settled, I've settled in really, really well. I moved here first for high school, um, grade 10, I believe, if I remember correctly. So I've been here about 10 years now. And just the people, really humble, really like laid back kind of lifestyle. And just, yeah, everywhere you go, you got a nice thing to see. And I've spent the last 10 years just exploring and there's so many places I still haven't seen. So if you guys do decide to come around, definitely let me know. I'll be your personal tour yeah. guide. And just I was like a lifelong adventure, man. You're just on it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Hit me up if you guys show up here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if, you know, if you wanted to add on a, a tour guide feature to your page, I think you just sold <laughs> yeah. me New Zealand. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah you can, just, you can just tape a GoPro to your chest and just uh, <laughs> travel around the country. I imagine that's, that get hit. Yeah. That sounds so, like a great idea. Yeah, I do, I do a little bit of vlogging here and there on my personal account. But uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> Got All right, the plug so, for it. There you go. <laughs> so, so Nick's ready to roll. Nick, Nick has been eagerly waiting to get his bits in here. And yeah. speaking of eager intentions, Nick has started a really cool page in uh, with your laces on Instagram, uh, just reviewing a lot of boot culture. Uh, and it, it's really, 
it's really well done. I just <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. It's really great shots, you know, really great reviews. So Nick, why don't you dive a little more into what made you start that and and how you're liking it so far? Yeah, really, it was it wasn't a, a plan of mine to really start it. Um, I kind of I've always loved cleats. It's always been something that was just fascinating to me back in like 2000, early 2000s when I was playing soccer. Um, I always got the Eurosports that you probably got to, Tim, Marson, same thing. You guys probably all got those Eurosports, and I could just go through the whole catalog. Yes, I'm not sure if this Eurosports <laughs> is actually out there, but uh, it's basically just a catalog of cleats, and that's kind of before the internet was there, and I would just scroll through that thing, man, and <laughs> kind of just look at all the different cleats, and I would I would see like Adidas Predator Pulse, and then I'd see like the Pulsado, and I would I would never really understand what the difference was between them obviously wants a takedown and I see that now, but it's just kind of like, I've always had that fascination of like the materials and how different boots feel on feet. And, and that's just something that's like really big to me. I think, I think I'm a, kind of a sneakerhead at some point, And I think maybe we all are, if we're all boot nerds, we kind of like sneakers. I don't really splurge on clothing too much, but like I will splurge on some sneakers, definitely cleats. And I think you guys can attest to that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 they're, they're the things that I'll like, I'll buy, I'll buy it. I definitely if sneaker looks cool, I'll get it. So, so I think that kind of just all, um, it's always been a thing of mine, but then when actually Tim, you kind of got me back in this. So when you were told me about those uh, Adidas, the predator 19.1s and, and back in, I think it was like December, January, um, you were like, Hey, these are on sale at soccer.com. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. I was always actually a vapor guy. I stuck closely to vapors and didn't really wear anything else. So I, I got those, uh, predator 19.1s and I really, really liked them. And that kind of got me into, that was almost my, maybe my first knitted boot. And that kind of got me into, oh, wow, there's other things out there, other brands out there that are doing a lot of cool things. And it kind of got me back into uh, the whole boot culture because I really wasn't playing soccer as much and, and as competitively. So I kind of just saw, and then really COVID-19 happened. So there was fire sales. People were just giving away boots. And I almost saw it as an opportunity to try a lot of boots. And then it was kind of just like, well, I have a lot of boots. I really like taking pictures. It's kind of just like a culmination of a lot of things. Like I like photography. I like um, kind of doing that whole creative aspect of, of a composition of a work or something like that. And this was just kind of like the perfect medium for everything. So um, then the reviews came and it was kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll let people know if this is a good boot or not, or if they should buy it or not. And that's kind of really how everything began and how it started and and uh that's kind of kind of where i'm at now and as in terms of like um of goals for the for the channel it's like i got i have big goals i have small goals um but really i just love talking about football and tim i know i said this to you before like a podcast and being on this thing is like exactly <laughs> what i've always wanted i just i can talk about soccer and football, like Marson and Tim and all these people that I, I play soccer with, like we can talk soccer for hours. And, and if I can somehow find a way to monetize that and hopefully make, you know, some money from it, that would be a dream come true. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm going. But for right, right now, it's kind of just building a base audience and, and building that brand trust in what I'm doing. And then, um, you know, hopefully in the future, it comes into more 
monetary, uh, you know, ambitions and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, my big takeaway from that was easily that Toppin's talk is making dreams come true. So that's that's the only that's, way that I can perceive. Marcel and I are clearly there's your headline. There's yeah. your headline. Yeah, not to be religious, but clearly we're doing God's work here. I mean, it's just it's it's, yeah. it's part of our personality. Uh, you really however, system. It's actually kind of funny. So I uh, appreciate. <laughs> so uh, let's let's continue here. What does football mean to you? So let's ask that generic question that just really yeah. touched the heartstrings there. It is, it is literally everything to me. Yaz, you touched on it. Uh, it's, it's the energy in the stadium, the, the energy that you can feel from people watching a game. So that's one aspect of it, watching a game and being a fan. Like there is no sport to me in my mind that's more passionate than football. Like it is just insane. It's, uh, it's passion. It's exercise. When I'm actually playing, like it's exercise to me. I get to go out. I get to sweat a little bit. I feel good. It's like, it's, it's that aspect. It's an outlet for any frustrations that I have in, in, in daily life. Like I get to go out, I shoot. I, I kind of just take my mind off of everything and just play this, this beautiful game. It's a hobby. When I'm bored, I go out, I play. Um, it's very, very, very social. I've met so many friends, Marson and Tim. I met you guys both from, from pickup. Yeah, from, from those nice. pickups that we used to play at, uh, at, the, at the North Brunswick High School. Like, that's how I met you guys. And it's a very, very social thing for me um, to just meet different people and, and to, to get to know different people. And so that's really, really big for me. And then um, I think it just brings people together. It's the world sport. So the fact that we have Yaz here, you're from the Maldives, you're, you live in New Zealand, but we're here. <laughs> And we're talking about football. It's like, it is just the world sport and it brings, and, and you know, we're all in that boot chat and there's people from all different corners of the, of the globe. And I think that is so cool. Um, especially Yaz, maybe when you're traveling, like you can kind of almost, if you don't have anything in common with the person, you can maybe there, there's a small chance that if you bring up soccer, <laughs> they'll be like, Oh yeah. Like I love football. It's like very, and then immediately from there, you have something to talk to. So it's a way to like connect with people. And it's just like, I, I truly am in love with soccer. I love everything about it. I just think it's the most beautiful, coolest, amazing thing ever. And uh, that's definitely, it, it really, it really means a lot to me. It means the whole world to me. So, Nick, I'm a little hurt. Cause I, I thought I was the most amazing, most beautiful you, thing ever. You yeah, are. <laughs> Oh, but so just to wrap up the intros, just to wrap up the intros, uh, you know, we were talking about Yaz, you know, moving, moving around, and, you know, and he's experienced a couple really cool things. Nick, you've also moved around stateside a little bit. Yeah. So why don't you speak on that before we pop into the blue culture? Yeah, I lived in, uh, so I'm from obviously New Jersey, grew up here, and, uh, but I went school to university down in east carolina university which is in north carolina uh so that's about yeah it's like an eight hour drive from us um so it's down one of the major highways and uh i will say it's like it's the south it's what we consider as the south so i'll be honest i i i didn't find as much soccer as i would have liked so there was definitely there was an adult league that played co-ed and it played at night, but it was very organized and everything. There wasn't as much pickup soccer, which we see all around here in New Jersey. I, I'm not sure. How, do you guys see a lot of pickup in, in New Zealand? Like, are the people just out there playing a lot? 
yeah quite often quite often and i live right beside a university here and driving past on a, like a weekday on the evening or even on a weekend you just see small games happening everywhere yeah. it's pretty awesome Every- it's so cool, and, and I love that. And coming from New Jersey, you see that a lot. But actually, in, in North Carolina, at least where I was, I didn't see that a lot. And it might have just been from that I didn't know the right people or I didn't go to the right places at the right time. Like It could have been that I had just missed it, but I didn't really experience that as much. And that was kind of a bummer to me um, because, again, like soccer means so much to me that it really was like a – big part of my life and if I didn't have that it was kind of like I was missing something um so yeah it was it was definitely really cool but uh Tim like Castle is out there in Raleigh and that's where I live uh Castle's like a really big soccer club with us so it's out there but it was almost like not as um much of maybe a lifestyle as it was here Mm -hmm. and uh it's just different it's it's cool that you see in different areas of the world of the states really like how soccer is and, and how it, you know, it, it operates really. So that was my experience. But actually when I lived in North Carolina, I lived right by um, our good friend Ulysses. Uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Actually, when I lived in North Carolina, I went to the soccer.com. They have an annual warehouse sale. Um, and it's in, I think in, it's in Chapel Hill. And I went there for one year. I think I got a pair of like CTR 360, like Maestri 3s or something like that. They ended up ripping, but it was really cool because you <laughs> you wait in line. You wait in line to get into this big warehouse. And it's just like really, really cool. You're at soccer.com's like big warehouse. Like it's just really cool. So, and, and Ulysses actually said that he lives around there. So I think I that's kind of kind of a cool little thing. I mean, you know, I'd be remiss to say the amount of times that you just said soccer.com I, we should look up <laughs> some sponsorship deal or hey, something. I don't know. You got my contact info, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear from you guys soon. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's it's really cool. I'm glad to be back in New Jersey, though. You know what? One thing I will say is that New Jersey is very, very diverse in a lot of different uh, cultures and people. Yes, yeah, it is a big melting pot of, of cultures. And... Uh, I will say wherever I find diversity, I find football, and I really like that. Definitely. Nice. So, I mean, you know, that was introductions. Introductions done here. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. Let's get into boot culture. And believe it or not, Marson's still on the line. Uh, he is still <laughs> yeah. with us. How could we forget? <laughs> yeah, so he'll take the lead on boot culture part two, uh, and, I will, and I'll fade into the background as it is. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, like like to mention, boot culture is obviously the reason why we have you guys on right now. And since I had to get up early, I'm still a little tired. I'm going to start off with the negative questions about boot culture <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, let's start off with boot culture. Like I said, all joking aside, uh, the boot culture is affected uh, both positively and negatively in football in terms of brands, in terms of a lot of things. So the first question I'll be kind of want to ask for you guys, obviously, since you guys are the more uh, seasoned professionals when it comes to boot culture, is how has boot culture been influenced in a negative way? So I'm going to kick it off to one of you guys, and then we're going to kind of rotate back and forth. Yeah, two. yeah go ahead. Kick it off. All right. Um, so looking at the negative, I thought about this question for a while. And um, the thing that I've got to mention is that since social media has gotten a lot bigger and stuff, the marketing aspect is definitely t- taking us. You can see it a lot more with how it's playing its part with um, new colorways coming out like every single month for the exact same boot, not much being changed. And it's more turning out to be like 
quantity that the brands are trying to release and get get out there rather than the actual quality. I think you guys did mention something about durability early on as well. So that's kind of like the the catch, like it's the thing that's being sacrificed to try and get a lot of boots out without much change. And in terms of negativity as well, one thing I did want to get back into again with the social media is that you're getting way more resellers out there as well that are picking up all the kind of limited edition colorways and stuff they don't necessarily care about but in an attempt to try and flip it and get something more out of someone who really values it. So an example was, let's say, the T90 remakes that came out, I think, last year. I, I really wanted a pair. I, I think they're an amazing boot. And just for nostalgia's sake, I really wanted to pick them up. And I waited on the Nike website on the queue trying to pick them up. And just um, I was lucky I got one, but I knew a lot of people that didn't get one. And then they end up for like double the price, triple the price on eBay resellers and stuff like that. Just... They don't necessarily care about the shoe. They don't care about the boot at all. They just want to flip it for money. So, and then some some unlucky guys missing out on getting the boot. You know, yeah, that's one thing yeah. that I, I, really I like. agree. I totally yeah. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. Considering I tried to get the uh, Juventus Palace jersey uh, last Ooh. year, which was one of the few Juve yeah. kits. I'm not a huge <laughs> kit guy, but I really wanted that one. And I spent, I think, like two hours waiting for, like you said, the queue on adidas.com when it dropped. And it was sold out by, uh, I think, three minutes. They were all sold out. Jeez. So I did, not, I did not get one, and I'm not paying $500 for a shirt. Yeah. Wow. Was that the, uh, the the one that had the green Jeep? Leather? Yeah, that was, the, that was the lime green that version. Was yeah. That yeah. Was thick, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, now I'm going to kick that same question over to you, Nick, to continue yeah, the conversation. Yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of, uh, of Yaz's response and really like i think that all in all it's it's and we are <laughs> i I'm, I'm gonna say this we are part of the problem because i think <laughs> that it's it's almost creating this culture of of want and need like you want something and 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 then it becomes like you need it and and you really don't like there's nothing it, it's almost like supply and demand and capitalism just like shrunk down in it's like purest form like there's this new thing comes out we as a a boot like uh page or, or enthusiast or something like that we kind of blow up the newest stuff and then like do we even really like it like is it a boot that we really like or are we kind of just doing it because our audience wants to see it so it's it's not like we have bad intentions but but the fact that we're doing it it's making kids who maybe don't can't afford it one uh can't get it two it's almost like they're they're looking at these material things and it, and and i'm gonna get kind of deep like we don't really need these material things they're not really important in the end end all like scheme of things but they they do mean a lot like some of these boots um are very good like some of these boots when you try them on and you play with them you're like damn this is a sick boot i really like how it feels on feet or i like how it um, you know, it helps me play or anything like that, but, but it almost is like, it's like, again, capitalism, like in the smallest sense of the form is like, we are just blowing up these, these boots that come out all the time and, and with so much frequency that you're kind of showing somebody like, Hey, there's this new thing. There's this new thing. There's this new thing. There's this new thing. And like, wow, there's seven new things. And I wasn't even able, able to get that first new thing. And Soccer.com uh, is not a little bit like negative. this. You better stop. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I am like, I, I am playing kind of the, the anti-hero in this, but I think it's just like, it really is 
like you're just building a culture of of uh of need and want and and you really do you need all of them do you want all of them not you know it's it's kind of a question that's up in the air but uh yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i feel about it i actually i i know this one guy who I, he was like, Hey, um, would you like to shout out, like shout out for shout out? I was like, yeah, sure. Like, do you have anything like original? I'd love to like showcase that like your work. And he goes like, like, I, no, unfortunately I can't afford those cleats. And I, I was just sitting there. I was like, damn, that's like, that's kind of, that sucks. Like this kid really, really likes cleats, but he can't even afford them, but he wants to showcase them because he loves that. And it's almost like there's just so much and it's just so saturated that, we are just putting out so many things that people who really can't afford them or can't really uh, see them and, and have them are almost looking at it like, wow, I, I can't afford this. But that's also in turn, it makes it our job more important to explain to somebody why they really, really should or should not spend money on a certain cleat because they're going to be end up ending up dishing out a lot of money on a cleat that they may or may not like. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's goods and bads to it, but. A little bit of everything. That's, that's, that's very much true. And and I think the reason why uh, there's so many people that want those boots is because I think Tim buys them all. So I think that's the <laughs> yeah. reason. They're like, I saw Tim had them. He looked so good in them. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's what happened with my Puma King all right, well, let's let's switch up the conversations uh, a little bit and kind of just do the exact kind of flip reverse. So obviously we just talked about negative because I'm negative in the morning, but obviously as the day goes on <laughs> and I have my coffee sips, yeah. I get a little bit more positive. So we're going to now flip that conversation and talk about the positivity um, that has been influenced. So I want to obviously, let's since Yaz started first, Nick, you're going to kick it off this time. What has been the positive influence in uh, football boot culture? So I think I think with so many releases on the same end, there's there's always two sides to a coin. Um, I think with so many releases that brands are really trying their best to create really really good boots and uh, kind of perfect their craft in terms of of uh, tech and and what they're putting into boots. And I think that's really something that's pushing every pushing the envelope forward and pushing every brand forward to, you know, really try and compete with other brands that are, that are out there. Um, so I think that's something that's really positive in terms of durability, um, experience, like ex the experience you get with the boot. Um, I, there's a whole bunch of different things. I think that's something that's very much being influenced positively. I think brands are like, Oh wow, I have to step up my game because there's this, there's this brand Uno Zero that's coming out and they got a good, they got a good boot. You know, Shame, they, shameless they, plug. Hey, I, I, I have I have some more on that on on the marketing thing, but uh, I think that brands are having to step their game up with the the market being so saturated and something like that and stuff like that. So I think that's something that is positive. Cool. Yes, I'm gonna kick off to you. Same exact question. What has been the positive influence in boot culture? I got to agree with what Nick was saying in terms of the bigger brands stepping up their technology so much that every all the other brands around them have to sort of step their game up as well to stay on track and stay competing with these bigger brands and still stay relevant. So you're seeing brands like, I don't know, they're just, they're just always on their game now. They're always releasing something new, some new technology to try and be different while also providing better performance that's 
like different from the major brands. So that's always really exciting to see. And not only that, I just want to add that because of the kind of improvement in technology, the leftover technology, the older technology from previous models are getting used on the takedowns, which means better performing takedowns yeah. for people that can yeah. get it at a lower price point. So you're getting stuff like, the, I really like the Mercurial Pro versions, so the Superfly and the Vapors, and they're actually really awesome for that price. So someone that can't probably might not be able to afford the top of the end elite versions that can go for the pro and still get a very high performing boot and other brands oh, yeah. are doing it as well i know that um new balances uh i think it's a destroyer for the furon the second tier one is actually really good as well so it's good to see it across the board some brands do it a lot better than others but i'm, I'm really happy to see the takedowns have the better technology in them that's one thing I really that's, like. a, that's a great point because also like when it comes like i was saying earlier somebody who can't afford it it's really, really cool when like a pro version goes on sale and like the kid, you know, somebody's like, I can't really afford the elite, but I can actually get just as good of a boot in the pro and it's, it's $80 on sale or it's a hundred dollars on sale. Exactly. Like that is definitely a great, great, great point. I really, really agree with that too. Yeah. So obviously we have uh, some great feedback from you guys. So obviously both positive and negative things. Since we just talked about a couple different boots, I'm going to ask this real quick. So what releases are you guys looking forward to in terms of boots that are coming out in the next few months, let's say? Is there anything that you guys have really kind of like kept your eye on? And then, Yaz, I'm going to let you start this one. Um, being a boot nerd, I guess I always have a short list of boots that I'm expecting to buy in the near future. So yeah, if you're talking about boots list. that I have, <laughs> yeah, the wish list, and it just it never ends for me anyway, but yeah. I'm sure you guys are the same. <laughs> um, I'm actually waiting on like five more pairs to arrive in the mail just due to the whole situation they've been delayed, including the Puma King Platinums that um, Tim's review convinced me to buy from soccer.com. Another plug there, but <laughs> in that exact same color as well, the blue, I loved it. So I ended up getting those. They still haven't arrived. I did also get a locality pack Predator 20.1 Lowe's. I'm really looking forward to that. But in terms of um, stuff I haven't gotten yet, the Merlion Neo, Neo 3s, they look really good. I really want to pick those up. And I heard there's a Merlion Neo Beta 3 coming out. I'm not sure if that's the full name. But also, just to mention, the Adidas X20 range. I'm interested to see if um, they dropped the Nemesis line as well with that new release. It looks really cool from the leaked photos we've seen. As well as Puma, I've recently jumped on the Puma bandwagon quite heavy with the Futures and Puma 1 5.1s, which I tested out. And so they've got a new speed boot coming out, hopefully in the next month or so. So I'm really looking forward to that. Cool. So obviously, yeah, those are some releases. Those uh, <laughs> X20 Ghosted are definitely ones that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, yeah, one I'm, I'm surprised you didn't mention is the uh, the Superfly Safaris that are going to be released oh, yeah. very soon. Yeah, they're uh, on my is, short list. Which, which is definitely. something I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, Nick, what boots are you looking forward to to be released in the next few months? Yeah, so definitely right after you said it, yeah, the Morelio Beta, the one that just looks like a one-piece that doesn't really have a tongue definitely those and it's cool because our entire boot chat i really am personally only uh really all in on like nike adidas and puma i just because i haven't really tried anything else um but those for sure are ones that i'm like really really excited for that i really want to try uh the puma ultras a hundred percent am pumped for those like a speed boot <laughs> from puma that that's really truly like a speed boot uh i can't wait for that um the orange, so this, this isn't really a new model, but the orange, yellow, white mercurials that have like the, the uh, lightning swoosh, 
those are ones that I 100% will get. Like, I love that colorway. I think it's so cool. And then I'm actually more curious and, and, and excited both um, to see what Nike's going to do with this Phantom GT. So will it replace both the Vision and the Venom? Is Nike going to have like three models instead of four? Um, if it's going to have four, then what's the fourth model? And, uh, you know, just speculating uh, about it and talking about it really excites me. My, my imagination kind of just realms freely, but that's one that I'm definitely like excited for to see really what they do. Are they going to drop to three models? Um, are, because you've seen Kevin De Bruyne, who's been the face of the vision wearing the GTs. And you've also seen people who wear the Venoms wearing the GT. So it's kind of just up in the air. I really want to see what they do with that. Um, am I excited for the actual boot? I'll be honest. I really wasn't a fan of the, the Phantom Venom. So if it's kind of the same deal, then I'm really not sure if I'm, I'm too excited. But um, I definitely want to see what they do with that for sure. Uh, but hey, yeah, that, uh, that's really... Those are the ones that, that I'm excited for, for sure. Hey, Robert Lewandowski wears the Venoms, and he that man can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, he's a great poster boy for he's the Venoms, man. I just you, uh, Nick, you don't have to backtrack. He's just a fanboy. You don't have to <laughs> don't back. Yeah, down. yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> so, Polish, right? So on the subject <laughs> of up top brands, uh, we do have one last piece to discuss on current boot culture, and this has been a talking point of about a lot of boot heads and about a lot of people that end up buying cleats. We talk about a lot about these price points now, $250, $300. The Dragon by Adidas just got released by $400 on, on the U.S. side. And you have all these expensive boots lining up. And yeah, some some of us are really lucky in the way that we could af- afford to maybe catch a sale or you know, some people end up paying full price. I'm not sure. But inevitably, you know, what it boils down to is, is Boot durability has been called into question recently. And I do believe uh, that there is a case that can be made that says, is this boot durability being called into question compared to older boots? You know, were older boots really that much more durable or were you not playing on turf as much when you were younger and now turf is eating up your cleat? You know, there's there's different uh, aspects of nostalgia. And then at the same time, you really got to consider is the value dropping or are they really, you know, top brands, or are they really just experimenting with new tech, right? There are different things that you never would have thought the fusion skin, you would have never thought to see uh, way back when. So, you know, uh, who took the lead last time? Was that, did I phase out for a little me. bit? Yeah, that's <laughs> all right. So I guess we'll go for Nick first. Is that what's going on here? No. <laughs> okay. So, so you said a, you said a good word there, experiment. All right. If you're putting out a boot, I don't want you to be experimenting. I want you to <laughs> research and develop. You experiment there, and then you release us the boot. Because I don't want some mad scientist experiment of like, oh, maybe this will work, maybe this won't, and then the boot ends up blowing up on your foot. Like, put out a <laughs> put out a product that is very very good, that is uh, you know perfected, and then give it to us. So that's my take on the experimenting thing, but. Uh, definitely a big point that you said is the turf, the whole turf thing. Like, yes, I don't know how it is in New Zealand, but we play really on turf. And honestly, when we play on grass, we're like, man, I'd rather be on turf. Like, that's just how it is. It's the ball moves smoother. It's, it's easier to play and you really don't get as, uh, as dirty or muddy or whatever it is. Like if it had just rained earlier in the day, you don't experience the mud. It's, it's kind of just like for us, stateside, 
turf is really where you want to be. There's usually goals like that's here nor there, but the turf is really like doing a number on the boots. I drag my toe sometimes when I turn the X 19 plus like kind of ripped a little bit. I've worn them four times. I'm like, come on, man. How, how, how is it, how is it that this boot is retailing at a 275 or 250 price price point And it's ripping after playing four times in it. Like, how is that happening? How are these top brands putting out these really expensive boots and then they're ripping? So that's kind of my take on it. I will say, though, with almost the limited edition releases, like with the Dragon, Predator, and uh, even the South Korea Nikes, I'm kind of viewing them a little bit more as almost like works of art, right? So you get artwork, you purchase it, you really don't want to tarnish it you don't want it you want to take care of it so that in the future honestly you might want to resell it and then some collector is going to be there like wow i want this for my collection not necessarily to play in but i want this because it's just a cool work of art that showcases what boot technology in 2020 is or could be or you know things like that whereas if you look at a tempo legend eight it's not really like a work of art. It's more like a functional boot. You use it, you play in it. And uh, so the, I think there's two aspects to it. Like one's being put out for art and then one's being put out for actual play. Um, and that's maybe why you see the price points go inflated and, and, and all this stuff. But again, I, I actually listened to the last podcast, James and Andrew, like they were like, we as boot enthusiasts, like we buy it. So why wouldn't they put it out, you know? So that's my take on it. That's kind of kind of how I feel about it. All right. Yes, we got a hot take on this one. How about how do we feel? I guess most of the points were uh, covered by Nick, to be honest. But I gotta agree that um, some of the limited edition ones are you buy it for that collective purposes, collection purposes. You buy it for that. I really like the phrase artwork. They are amazing. They look cool. You don't really necessarily. Some people do buy them to play in, but. If you really want to pay that premium price, you're more likely going to be keeping it as part of your collection. And I'm all for collecting and getting those really amazing boots, the unique ones especially. But at what point does the price raising stop? Like, especially Adidas, I'd say, is at fault here. Nike do drop some limited edition ones that are really cool, like the Mbappe ones I really liked last year. And they weren't that much more. They were a premium price, but they weren't that much more than the standard release ones. Whereas Adidas is piling on a couple hundred dollars onto like especially the predator remakes as well they were they were past my time when the original ones came out so luckily i'm not too invested into getting one for myself but um i'd say it's a little bit of a push from editors um just raising it a little bit past that um already premium price point you got the plus range then you've also got that limited range i'd say the plus point plus laceless boots while they're or while they're not as popular as the laced versions they're already really expensive so yeah. I'm not sure. I, I feel like, uh, and I agree with what I think James mentioned last podcast episode, that we are part of the problem. The consumers, as we keep buying them, they're still going to keep that high price point because we keep buying them. And I don't know if uh, how you guys feel about it, but I feel like the younger generation kind of opts in for the coolest, latest um, looking thing, even the though hype. they might not necessarily, the hype stuff, yeah, even though they might not necessarily perform as well as something that's cheaper, an alternative. So definitely the price is a big controversial topic. Some people will agree with what they're doing right now. But for me, I'd, I'd like to keep it at that sort of sweet sweet spot where it's worth the money, maybe a little bit over. But yeah, and in touching on that durability subject, 
with the amount of boots I'm getting, I actually haven't gotten to a point where I'm testing the boots enough to, for them to break significantly. So, but from experience of talking to different people and getting getting feedback from a lot of people wearing the same boots that I am, um, definitely it's a big issue, especially when you're paying a premium price. You'd expect them to last at least a full season. And at, at some of them, especially the Venoms, coming back to that, I've, I've heard so many stories about the sole splitting around the front area which is not something you want. And you don't really want to send your boots back for for the warranty halfway through the season or something like that, just for replacement. So yeah, it's definitely an issue. Some brands do it a lot better than others. Some models might do it a lot better than others. And also comes down to the experience, like you say, what pitches you play on. So you guys play on um, artificial grass, whereas here it's uh, football seasons during the winter. So it's all soggy wet pitches for the most part. So SG boots really do well. And I got to say anti-clog, works really nice here. It's a little bit heavier, but yeah, it's a totally different subject, but um, the anti-clog does work. I can attest to that, I really like it. But yeah, um, if, I feel like if you can get a full decent season out of a boot, then you, you, the price you pay is pretty worth, even for a top end one, but a little bit more than you're quite lucky. But anything less, I'd say they need to get fixing on that. Preach, yes, preach. <laughs> I, I, I wanna go off about this durability. <laughs> it, it, I agree, it, man crazy it's almost like why would so so i, I yes i know you do reviews too um i like i kind of tried to get into the to, to the review realm i still want to but I, what i'm finding is i'm using these cleats and they are literally ripping after not not fully completely in half but this they start getting the lip so like you know it starts coming off and it's like how could i recommend this boot to somebody that will literally probably they're they're 13 they're probably playing soccer uh four times a week how could i recommend this boot to somebody when i played on it four times not even that like intensely and it started ripping like that doesn't make sense to me it doesn't make sense at all and it's it's something that really irks me and i'm starting to find that i will only start putting my money into things that i know for a fact will not rip like mm -hmm. that's just how i feel about this whole thing and it, i can we can do a whole hour podcast about that for sure. Yeah, it's it's the it's the beard. The wisdom is coming with it. Is yeah. in, he's just James is gonna be happy, man. <laughs> I know why he That's why he's the James wizard. That's it. Comes full circle. I'm telling you, full circle. So on to on to the final phase here. We're gonna talk about the future of boot culture and the future of boots. Uh, small brands, small brands, and I say small brands, but there really aren't that many tiny brands there's a lot of big companies that are trying to get into the football space we talk about under armor we talk about new balance there's a couple of actually smaller handcrafted companies that will kind of segue into a little bit but the idea is with everything that's going on in boot culture is there room for these smaller brands to make their space how would they do it you know what would be their secret recipe if they were to make some moves I guess is the way that we'll we'll go to that. And and yeah, as we'll go to you first on this one because we went to Nick first last time, but smaller brands in football, you know, where's their where's their future? Where's their space? I definitely think that they have um they have space in the market. So you have your giants, I'd say Nike, Puma, Adidas, obviously. And they take up majority of it. But at the same time, there's gonna be people that are wanting to test out something premium that's offering something different from these kind of flashy stuff that the big brands are putting out. So like brands like, like you said, New Balance, Under Armour, these guys are putting out really quality stuff and occasionally they take that risk to try and, um, you know, trump the bigger ones and make something that's going to make people want to come to their brand 
over the major brands. And most of the time, oh, from what I've seen, like for example, the Vizaros, they ended up messing up a boot that was actually quite good and <laughs> stuff like that. You, you, you take a risk and it sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. Someone that's doing it really well at the moment is New Balance with the Furons. Uh, they're, they're quite good at the current model. They actually, they can compete that with the current Mercurial Vapors. That's a, that's a big statement wow. to make. So good, good job to them on that. But at the same time, they just recently made it another risk, took another risk with the Tequilas. So they opted to go for the laces model. I'm sure you guys would have seen. So I haven't tested them out. I know James has, has got one on the way, but yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to go. So it's another risk that small brands are taking, New Balance is taking to try and make something to compete with the bigger brands. But as far as I know, a lot of people are still interested in trying these smaller, smaller, like you said, smaller brands out. And they definitely have space in the market. And as, as they as they keep innovating, like we said, because the big brains are innovating, they're trying to keep up. They're coming up with really cool stuff. And it's really good to see. It's a really good time to be interested into boot culture and looking at all of what everyone's doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a good way to phrase it as well as that innovation. And I know Nick touched on it earlier as well as that everybody that's being more competitive drives other companies to be more competitive and the uh, beneficiary of that is really the consumer because you're just getting a better boot at that point. Uh, so Nick, why don't you give us your take on on uh, how that goes with the small brands? Yeah, I think actually, I think now is even better of a time for smaller brands to get into, to make their way into light. If you, if you think about the boot industry and you think about the parallel that it has to the music industry, so musicians now are able to put their content out way more easily as opposed to they did in you know 40 years ago when you had to get connected with a rec recording label and like an A&R management. Like you now have the internet and you can get connected with the YJ footballs of the world, the boot wizards of the world, the proper cleats, the Gaijin football blogs. Uh, you can get connected with these people that, will actually really like your product now and almost be open to trying something else other than the Nike, Adidas, and Pumas of the world because they're like, oh, this small brand is actually on the come up, but they make good, really good products. I, the, the, the one thing that I, I comes to mind is that uh, in our boot chat, when I think it was Proper Cleats had that little blurb to say about um, Uno Zero, I, I, I say it again, but he had such like a, a genuine and kind of just honest remark about what they're doing to the point where I was like, all right, Uno Zero maybe has their stuff together. Like they might actually be, you know, a, a very good brand. I personally have not tried them, but, but literally that smallest little thing and what he said made me like, okay, maybe I'll give Uno Zero a shot. You know what I'm saying? So I think if they are strategic in the way that they create their partnerships, um, I think that smaller brands will definitely be able to make their way into the light. Um, same thing with, with, we'll kind of touch on it a little bit later, but, but New Balance, uh, New Balance and, and uh, Under Armour. I think just with these strategic partnerships and the way that social media is and the way that the internet has really opened up so many channels, I totally, um, I totally believe that these smaller brands can it's not going to happen overnight, but I do believe these smaller brands can eventually work their way up to competing with the big boys. Yeah, I think it's easy to to make the statement, and I think everybody here would probably agree that 
marketing wise it's gone from a dynamic where you have to impress a vendor that's going to buy your product to impressing exactly. the actual uh you know consumer and actually going direct to the consumer uh, which has been really a, a heavy marketing tactic uh, by most companies at this point uh second to last one here what tech do we want slash predict in the future uh just so everybody knows who maybe didn't get a chance to listen to the last episode or uh, you know, somewhere along those lines, there's a big call for lighter boots and synthetic boots to come back uh, into that market space. So I believe this time we'll go Nick and then we'll go Yaz on this. So uh, with the synthetic, I know James is, is, is vegan, boot wizard. So <laughs> I, I, I do see vegan, like that whole, you know, the whole lifestyle and culture getting bigger in the way that like just kind of lifestyle is. So if synthetics uh, come back, I think a lot of people will be very, very uh, excited. But this might be a little far fre- far-fetched. Well, first off, I want durability to improve massively. If <laughs> is that the you far-fetched told, <laughs> No, that is not the far-fetched one. That's the realistic one that everybody should be working on. But uh, the one that I see a little bit far-fetched, and they might be way in the future, but I see 3D printing in, I don't know when, but I see 3D printing becoming a thing. And the, I'm not too familiar with how 3D printers work, but what I see possibly happening in the future is maybe that, uh, so 3D printers work, I think you have to have a, have a code, like it's, it's lines of actual code, so like computer code, programming code, and you basically put it into the machine and it prints out whatever you're going to do, right? So I think that maybe in the future, Nike will this is kind of sci-fi here, but maybe in the future, Nike will uh, sell their codes as like proprietary exclusive molds that they give to people. You put it in your 3D printer and it molds to your foot, but it's almost made with the same materials. Maybe they sell you the materials or something like that. And it's made just to form your foot. And uh, I see that happening in maybe the year 3000 or whenever it's going to happen. But but I see something more personalized and something with 3D printing happening in the future. Bold of you to assume that we will be making it to the year 3000. I like your, <laughs> I like that going. So, yes. Why not even you... make it past 2020. <laughs> why, why don't you go ahead and take it from here, yes? Cool. I really like the whole 3D printing idea. I think that would be really cool to see in terms of football boots. I think Adidas have been doing it with some of their sneakers, if I'm wrong, um, the green sole plate ones. I think those are 3D printed. But it would be cool to see if they could actually incorporate that into the football boot market as well. And in terms of Nike, I know they're quite into the recycled materials as well. I know there's a sneaker coming out where they just basically took recycled materials and just put it together and made a sneaker. It looks quite cool, even oh though God. it looks like technically looks like garbage. But <laughs> I guess I've seen a concept where they took that whole idea and made it, it look like a Mercuro and it actually looked quite cool. Like for someone, I, I love Mercurials. I love CR7 and all that. So I've been a Mercurial collector basically my whole football career, basically career. And I'd love to see them make a football boot, like a speed boot, lightweight one with recycled materials, kind of like a GS360, but years ahead. So that'd be really cool to see. Um, in terms of technology, we'll 
I, I agree with what you said. I think there's a shift. There's I can see a shift coming back to making those really super lightweight speed boots, especially with the Puma Ultras coming out. And if you haven't seen, um, for the guys listening, the X20 Plus Ghosted did have like a carbon fiber insert and stuff like that. And those are stuff that were prevalent mostly when I first got into football boots with the Superfly ones and the F50, um, the original ones, that is F50, Adi Zeros. So it would be really cool to see what they what the brands come up with to try and make that lightweight football boot in 2020 and beyond. So I'm really excited for that. And what I really want to see, and again coming back to Mercurials, is I really liked when the Superfly was like a high tech version of the range. It was like a premium yeah. kind of dip into what Nike flexing what they can do. Yeah. So instead of instead of keeping them like the same boot with a collar which they're doing now, which I'm not that big a fan of. I've tried both. I don't really have that much of a preference, but I'd like to see that jump between the Vapor and the Superfly. The Superfly just gives you everything Nike have in terms of tech at that point in time. That'd be really cool to see. Well, Adidas are doing that. Um, JC from Boo Hype, he, he mentioned that Adidas are basically flexing with uh, Dragon Predators. They're just using all their best tech on that same boot. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. It's a really, like, again, saying that um, it's a really good time to be a fan of football boots. So Definitely. Yeah, so last talking point here. Uh, we talked a lot about marketing. We talked a lot about boot quality. It really does seem, though, that uh, the marketing seems to continue to decide the public eye of boot quality. So for, and I used this example while we were going over this before we started was if Paul Pogba was wearing New Balances as opposed to Adidas, that would be a huge you know, uptick for, for New Balance uh, because not only are people really looking at the, the boot that the person's wearing, it's the fact that the person's wearing the boot. There's a certain amount of clout and hype that comes with it. So again, just kind of a talking point here for, is there a danger that the public eye places too much emphasis on who's wearing the boot as opposed to what the boot actually consists of and... Uh, is made of in quality. So I'll kind of go to Yaz first on this one, then we'll close off with Nick on this. Uh, I agree that um, marketing does play a massive part in what people choose to wear for their personal choice of football boot. But at the same time, I'm a bit on the fence deciding whether a specific player wearing the boot makes that much of an impact. Because what you see is Cristiano Ronaldo's Mercurials, they always sell, they always make a lot of money for Nike. But the opposite tends to happen with Messi's ones. They're not necessarily that popular unless you have like really diehard Messi fans that'll go all the way out to go pick up whatever Messi's currently wearing. His silo keeps changing every single, every season or so. But in just his ones don't sell. I've seen them so many times on the sale shelves and stuff like that. And Neymar's ones, especially as well. These, these guys are players with like massive, or they're like, they're the top within the top three players, arguably in the world. Um, and for some reason, Ronaldo's ones sell, um, Neymar's ones don't that much, and Messi's ones don't. So I don't think the specific player wearing the boot makes too much difference. I think it's down to what the brand are doing on a larger scale in terms of presence in a particular region and particular country or in sport as well. So with Nike, Adidas, and Puma being around for so long, they've sort of dominated that over time. So they've just kind of, and um, the ones that are getting into it slowly, like New Balance, and they're, they're doing well. They're, they've got Sadio Mane, and he's like Liverpool getting the success that they've currently got. That's still, I don't think, as doing as much for them as, let's say, Ronaldo and um, Mercurios are doing for Nike. So it's it's a bit of a, I don't know, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence in terms of that aspect. The player doesn't necessarily lead to more sales for the brand. 
but definitely the marketing campaign on a larger scale, I think, plays a bigger part. So it'll be interesting to see what the smaller brands do to get um, get ahead or get more people coming to their products. And what I really like, um, some, of, some of the brands are doing, I'll special shout out to, let's say, New Balance, Uno Zero, involving the smaller influencers on the platform like Instagram and stuff. So I know mm-hmm. New Balance definitely work with smaller pages that ha- that are making content around football booths. They send out some of their um, later pairs, some of their older ones, just so people can get involved, spread the word that New Balance are a good brand, helping people in the, in the whole community, in the niche. And um, Uno Zero as well, they've got that ambassador program involving a lot of people, helping spread the word. So stuff like that, just involving, the involvement I think is really important these days. And that's a really good example of good marketing. And I think, like, I think Nick mentioned as well, that you saw someone post, uh, Proper Cleats post his little review on his Instagram post about the Uno Zeros and he got you interested in um, potentially checking them out. So little things like that, I think will go a long way over a larger scale. The small one hit magnifies Cross and yeah, I think that makes a big difference. So it'd be good to see more brands do that and incorporate everyone, sort of, you know, the involvement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, the, the way that we could also perceive this as well is uh, New Balance is making their way into the space in a really positive light, to Yaz's point. You look at uh, Warrior tried making a big impact not too long ago into the football community. And they tried signing a couple big name players and they went that route and they tried signing big name players and, you know, things didn't really work out for them. And Fellaini. The <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Maron Fellaini. Yeah. I, remember, I remember him wearing them. Oh, yeah. 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 Sorry, and, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. So, you know, and, and that's the that's the piece there is that, you know, New Balance seems to be coming into the football community with a really positive intention. And when not accusing of Warrior to say that they had ill intentions coming in, it just kind of seemed like, a progression that they wanted to make and so it's it's really funny how the football community is almost like this live breathing thing that if you come in with these awful or not so good intentions people will react to it and they'll say okay you're kind of just here for the money whereas new balance appears to be making a really good push uh for the community itself so nick what is your take when it comes to superstars wearing football boots and and how that impacts uh the culture uh yeah i think yeah brought up an amazing point like that Messi's boots really don't sell as well as 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 uh CR7s but I will say from my point of view like Messi's colorways I don't like I don't like some of the colorways so it's it's almost like yeah sure it definitely um you can definitely have the best one of the best players in the world sporting your boot but if it's not a good boot or if it doesn't look good like it doesn't really matter the first thing I think of is is Neymar when he went to the Hypervenom 2s. Like, I'll be honest, I hated the Hypervenom 2s. They, they felt like a rubber boot. It was really, really weird. And just the fact that it's Neymar doesn't mean I'll buy it. Or it might get you in the door, but it doesn't mean I'll love it. Like, it, it might get you to purchase it, but it doesn't mean I'll love it. Whereas now he's with the Vapors, and it's like, yeah, his colorways are cool, and I like the boot. So um, I think that, that the marketing... Uh, kind of may get you in the door, but if you don't have a good product to back it up, then it's not going to keep you. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Um, but I will say on, on the whole new balance train, like whoever is doing their talent scouting for new balance is crushing it. So they have Liverpool that ended up being um, champions league uh, winners. 
You got Sadio Mane, who's one of the best players on that team, who's now sporting your boots. Um, and then uh, away from, from um, soccer, you have Kawhi Leonard, who's on the basket. You just brought a championship to Toronto Raptors, and he's New Balance too. So, like, I think these strategic partnerships will help. But again, if you don't have that product to back it up, it's not going to change your perception at all. I'll be honest, uh, I, I, the Predator 20 plus, I, I wore them and yeah, Paul Pogba wears them, but my foot slides around like crazy in them. So I still, I, again, it might get me in the door, but does it keep me? Like, no, it, it really doesn't. I, I, I'm not too, too big of a fan of that boot. Whereas it just so happens that Cristiano Ronaldo wears the Vapors and I love the Vapors. So it keeps me there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's kind of like it may get you in the door, but is it a very, like, uh, is it a very sticky uh, customer that you have? Are they going to stick with you? Or is it just kind of like, uh, yeah, it was okay. You might see a bump in sales, but no true fans are created from that. Um, so it might be short-term. It might be really, really short-term for this deciding factor of having a uh, certain face on your boot. But if you can't back it up with actual performance, then I think you're just wasting your time. Yeah, I, that's a great take as well. You know, it, it comes down to what are you really putting on the table? And it's really fulfilling the fact that, you know, between the two of you as our guests, you've probably bought well over 100 boots in your lifetime, uh, arguably, you know, uh, upper hundreds at that point. And to still have that viewpoint when it comes to it is really the reason that we have you on on this podcast, because it, it brings an educated perspective on this. And hopefully a lot more uh, people could benefit from that. So, you know, that's really as far as it goes. That's really uh, what we had planned out question wise. So we're going to go ahead and sign off on this one. I think this was a great episode. I can't thank you guys enough. So as we exit out here, please feel Feel free to share your uh, your your contact info, as in where you know you want to be reached at page wise. Uh, you know with YJ and and uh, and with your laces here. So I'm Tim signing off. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at FootyKuji K U J I. Marcin, why don't you go ahead and sign off yourself there? See you guys later. Uh, as always, appreciate and I want to thank Yaz and, and Nick for jumping on the episode. Uh, you can always follow me at PLUVentino on twitter uh also slight change to our twitter handle now it is at top bins talk underscore uh on twitter so just a slight change for anybody who's uh, looking to follow us on twitter also uh thanks guys see you on the next episode yeah and uh yes nick why don't you guys sign off in that order <laughs> right, cool thanks so much for having me guys tim and marcin um really enjoyed it really enjoyed talking boots with all three of you nick as well and really enjoyed your take and um yeah check me out at yj football on youtube and instagram thanks so much again guys hope you enjoyed listening and yeah tim marson thank you so much for having me Yaz, it was great talking with you uh, i'm glad we finally got to connect and uh just on instagram at with your laces and on youtube at with your laces check me out we'd love to love to help you guys out all right, that wraps everything up. Peace, guys.